What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ebb and Flow Podcast. It is your boy, your shaman, for the moment, Ebb Britain. It's excellent to be with you guys on this magnificent day. Whatever you want to call it, I don't care if you believe in God, if you believe in karma, these are just labels to describe the energy of the universe that we inhabit. We've created this idea that we are separate from everything. We just spawned out of this thing, just like everything else, just like the tree came out of the earth. We came out of the universe. We're a physical manifestation of the universal intelligence here. If you haven't already checked it out, that is an excerpt from my brother Gus and I's book, A Life Worth Dying For. You can purchase that right now on Amazon.com. There will be a link to that in the show notes. It's a lot of fun. It's a great dialogue on life and death, truth and purpose. We had a lot of fun putting it together. Um, Today's episode brought to you once again by my brothers and sisters over at Wake. Head over to wake.net. Use code EBBENFLOW to get 10% off and free shipping on your next order of functional fungi. These mushrooms are fantastic. Lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps, turkey tail, the comprehensive health blend. Guys, I've put my body through hell, experienced a number of concussions, nerve damage, sciatic pain, torn muscles, all sorts of things throughout my body. And these mushrooms have helped me heal myself, have gotten me back on track, have optimized my cognitive function. They're fantastic. They're great for your immune system, great for your brain, great for your digestive health. I highly recommend them. I live by them. And Wake makes a beautiful product. So head over to wake.net, use code EBBENFLOW to get 10% off and free shipping on your next order. I think you guys will enjoy it. Today's episode is The Witness Part 2. Gus and I build on our conversation, our previous conversation of The Witness, the nature of evil, ignorance, etc. We go a little deeper into that realm. Um, we had a lot of fun. I think you guys will enjoy it. That's about it. Before I send you off to enjoy it, love to see you on Patreon. Come join us. We got a power tribe building. It's awesome, man. Bonus content. Connect with me. We do monthly breath work, workout routines that are live on Zoom. Um, You get bonus content, guided meditations, breath work, uh, workout routines, yoga flows, etc. You name it. Love to see you guys there. A lot of great people in that community. And we're just getting started. So, you don't want to miss it. If you're a fan of this podcast, you will be a fan. Hey, why not take it deeper than being a fan? Become a fucking tribe member. That's what I'm talking about. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Have an excellent rest of your day. And I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source, the key of imagination, your admission, access to the enlightened dimension, a gateway at the junction of darkness and light, the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. We're back in the saddle. So Gus and I were just talking about some interesting folks on the interwebs. I'm sure everybody gets crazy, like, spam or hacked accounts that are just, like, wild messages. 
Well, you used to... Are we rolling? We're rolling. (laughs) Well, you said that you would look at some comments and you felt like they weren't even people. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I still feel like that. Like on YouTube? I think there's a significant... More than anyone realizes, I think there is a significant amount of profiles on social media that are not human beings that are fake accounts that literally just go around and comment crazy shit either for or against posts just to drop seeds call it the cia call it the fbi i don't know Call it some dark clandestine intelligence agency that monitors the internet. But why not, dude? Why not use the internet? It's an incredible collective consciousness when you think about it. It's a digital manifestation of the collective consciousness. So why not, if you were of the CIA or of some, you know, intelligence agency, why wouldn't you use it to plant seeds of thought in the cultural milieu? How do we know all the cancel culture shit? Like, dude, all the cancel culture shit, all the insane shit you see on social media, I don't see any of that outside. I don't see it. I don't see the people ranting and raving about X, Y, and Z and needing to be right i mean yeah you see the crazies here and there but for the most part everyone out that door is doing their best being as compassionate as they can trying to get along with people trying to see the other side yeah i mean it's weird man like if the internet was a real world there would be bodies in the streets yeah, I mean, it's very strange. But you know strange. what I mean? Like, how... Like, uh... Well, yeah, I mean, media is not really to be trusted. Oh, oh, I mean, that brings me to that thing that you sent me last night. That was so... <laughs> I had just this... Such a funny moment where you sent me a video from that guy. What's his name? J- JP. He's the man. JP, JP he's like this sort of like sa- satirical hippie, also like journalist guy. I don't know if your audience, your audience is may or may not have seen him, but he's gone kind of viral with some of his, he really does like culturally relevant skits. Yeah. And this skit in particular was about Fauci and like, it was a skit about him being this, this journalist and it's all laden with irony where he says like you know we know we all love fauci and it's all like i it's it's clearly ironic but beside that it was so wild to me and i sent you the message i was like this is the journalist these days like how bizarre is it that this is the guy i'm trusting how bizarre is it that the satire is now the real news? It's like it's yeah. so fascinating how the fake news is actually the real news. Yeah. The 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 the, the um the mass media that's labeled the things the fake news, the fake news are actually the ones that you want to trust cuz they're actually the real news. I mean, it's so far out. Yeah, it's so far out and upside down, dude. We stepped through this portal where everything got turned on its fucking head. It's like it's like what J.P. Sears, the satirical, the sat, the satirist, is the guy that is actually speaking the truth. Yeah, on his satirical, you gotta you got if you guys haven't checked out J.P. Sears, he's done throughout this whole thing he's done some of the best work like he did a great one on california about like the state the the state of the state of california yeah and like it was that same kind of irony and he's really expressing the shame of what's happened to california in some places 
And and you know how California is this incredibly beautiful place. And it was just amazing. It was like it was like the first honest reporting I had seen. <laughs> yeah. In a while. Yeah. It's wild. It's unfortunate, man. It's really it's un- it's it's unfortunate that you can't just turn on the news and get something that's going to enable you to progress. I mean, people have been saying this forever, though, dude. For decades. Like, going back to our grandparents' generation, and maybe even before that. I mean, they used to say, don't watch the TV. Yeah, but our grandparents are totally in on the TV. Now they are. Because I think it it just became such a... I mean, both sides of our grandparents. Yeah. But that's because I think it became such a flow of information, an accessible, easy flow of information. And that's what, I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about it other than it's been so corporatized. Dude, I can't even watch. It sucks because... Everything is becoming this corporate propaganda. Well, yeah, it just became partisan, and it that's a disaster. It's just a fucking mess, dude. Like, journalism, media, was really set up to keep governments and corporations in check. Now that they're funded yeah. by fucking corporations who are also funding the political system... Like, you don't even know what's real. Literally nothing in there is real anymore. Like, I'm not a historian, but I don't think you necessarily need to be a historian. But I want to preface with that before I say that, you know, you had somebody like Hunter S. Thompson, who was, who, he was a political reporter, kind of first and foremost. He was very deep in politics um, and particularly during Nixon's time. And it seems to me like back, and this is where I say I'm not a historian, so I don't know the exact ins and outs of it, but it seems to me the the look of it was that with Nixon, you could kind of tell, I don't want to say bad guy, but that Nixon was doing like bad stuff. And there was a kind of delineation between you know, who's on the right side of history, who's on the wrong side of history. And you had somebody like Hunter, like writing Fear and Loathing on the campaign trail or, right. you know, whatever he was writing for Lo- for Rolling Stone. But then something happened, it seems. Reagan was after Nixon, right? I believe Reagan was after Nixon. No, it was Nixon, then... Uh, Bush? No. Uh, Ford. Okay. Gerald Ford. Uh-huh. And then... And then Reagan? And then it was Bush. Uh, Jimmy Carter? Fuck. I'm not sure. Anyway, I want to say, and we could look that up in a second, <laughs> but it's not about that. But there seems to be something that happened, Eb, where both sides of the political spectrum got corrupted. Yeah. And you couldn't really tell... Who was the good or bad side? Yeah. And um, I don't know. That's really come to fruition now. It's just so blatant now. Yeah. It's so fucking blatant. Mm-hmm. It's just like, good God. I you, It turns my fucking stomach. And now, and now what's amazing, I've said this a hundred times on this podcast, and we've talked about it a lot. To me, the real journalists are the podcasters and really the comedians. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. The real journalists and and the and the and the truth tellers of culture are the podcasters and the comedians by virtue of not being beholden to any system. Yeah. Because they're not under any umbrella. You wonder why Dave Chappelle had to leave Comedy Central. Yeah. You wonder why it's been wonder why it's took took 
decades, I think, for for these podcasts to go with somebody like Spotify because they need or or whatever entity because they needed that space to be independent. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, now, yeah. Yeah, it's true. The philosopher, I mean, comedians are the modern day philosophers, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Socrates, Plato, those guys would have been comedians today. And you know, the satire, the com- the comedy, the comedy thing is a great card to play. Yeah. Where you can kind of have an out where you can say, oh, well, I'm just a comedian. Yeah. And you can play in the, it's, it's kind of a great, uh, great thing that the comedian can play. Yeah. Ready for the presidents? We had it. Oh, okay. Gerald Ford after Nixon. Nixon. Then it goes Jerry Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Bill, George W. Bush, Barack, Donald, Joe. Is it mind-blowing to you that since the beginning of this country, there's only been 46 presidents? Well, no, because when did when was the founding of this country? Founding of this country was fucking seventeen seventy six. Yeah, but when did terms start? Seventeen eighty nine. George Washington started seventeen eighty nine to twenty twenty one. Yeah, but he was probably president for thirty years, right? Like, when did terms start? I mean, right away, because he said that he did eight years. He said he's like, I'm only doing eight. Because we're not going to do the shit with the kings and the queens. We're not doing that. Huh. Look at this. Thomas Jefferson, you know what party he was? Which one? Democratic Republican. Yeah, see, they didn't... uh, That's so interesting. John Adams before him was a Federalist. Then you started having Democratic. Then you had Whigs. Democratic. You had Whigs. Republicans. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. I was thinking today because I watched that Hemingway episode. Because I'm writing, right? Mm -hmm. I've got so many different things going on. There's... there's music to listen to there's like i was thinking in 1930 (laughs) think about this the quantum leap from 1930 to say even just 1990 like the amount of art and culture that has been just erupted into that space like i'm listening to like the gene loves jezebel song i'm like there's so much now Oh, yeah. Like, because I'm thinking, like, how did those guys and girls write? Like, what was their sketch? There were so many less distractions. Yeah. It's Light almost, a candle and fucking yeah, <laughs> put it's on al- box. It's almost heroic now if you get anything done as an artist. It is, dude. I was thinking that last night. Were you? Yeah, I was thinking last night. Because I was thinking to myself last night, I'd eaten dinner. It'd been a long day. I'd gotten a lot done yesterday, actually. Um, After we recorded the pod, I went home. I ate some dinner. We sat down, turned on like a show just to kind of chill out. And I thought to myself, I could watch a show or I could do some writing. You know, 99% of people in America right now choose to watch the show over do their work. And there's nothing wrong with taking a break and watching a show or enjoying some form of entertainment, whatever it is, turning, you know, just like chilling it down. But I was thinking, I was like, 
This is why most people don't ever fulfill their dreams or live out their destiny because they're too busy watching TV. Yeah. Right? What are you doing? I just threw up the that I'm the new unofficial official, <laughs> the, nice. the unofficial official co-host that, of the of the pod. You've I said that. I just got word from e- <laughs> from ES Britain. I don't know what to say, Ed. No, How but many you know people what I'm do saying? you meet that don't do what they want to do? I was just with 90. a friend the other day. I'm telling him about my writing. He's like. Man, I got to start doing it. I'm like, well, just do it. Yeah, exactly. I wrote this on my phone. That's the difference, though. That's the difference, Gus. You just take your... And, well, and I don't for know. me, it takes a lot of time to get to a point where you go, you know what? If I'm going to do this, if I'm going to write, if I'm going to paint, if I'm going to create art, if I'm going to do music, if I'm going to do a podcast, whatever the fuck it is, there comes a point. There's no fucking magic pill to it. You got to just... That's what you start doing. That's what the fuck you do. Yeah. You sit down, you write for an hour. You sit down, you do a podcast. Fuck it. Yeah, that's it. Just try it. Fuck it. Do it. Rather than going and jacking off or scrolling Instagram or making yourself a sandwich or fucking doing the thing. I heard heard this quote from Jim Carrey. He gave this amazing speech when he, like, graduated from the Maharishi Meditation University. It's on YouTube. It's it's like, did he memorize this thing? The dude's in in, out of control, like a savant. But he's telling this story about his father, and he tells this story about like his father wanted to be something else, but he ended up doing the thing. Like he ended up starting the business that seemed financially stable. And long story short, his father ended up the business that he thought was going to be stable failed. And Jim said the moral of the story was you can fail at doing the fucking thing you don't want to do. So why not try the thing that you feel like you might actually want to do more? (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's it. man. That's it right there. I just wrote this note. It's so funny. And I pulled up my notes and this came up. I think I wrote it yesterday on my walk. I said, just be an artist. Who cares? People magazine. People Magazine is dead. Just be it. Stop saying you're an artist and just be it. Stop thinking about writing and write or painting and paint. Stop waiting for a casting director to say you're allowed to be an artist. Casting directors are casting directors because they really wanted to be actors. But if you have to say it, say it. If that's what you need to convince yourself you're an artist, then say you're an artist. I've seen countless actors turned into casualties because they stopped calling themselves actors out of shame. Fuck the shame. Shame is dead. You know what shame stands for? Should have already mastered everything. Forget that. You're not a master until you're dead anyway. So just be it. Pick up a pen, a guitar, a camera. Be it. Don't talk about it or think about it. Be it. Pure power, dude. Pure power. I love that, dude. No shit. No shit. I think that's a good moment to share with you this insight I had after Uh our pod last night when I got home. And I realized, you know, we talk about hitting rock bottom or, or, or hitting the wall. The emotional wall. The emotional rock bottom. Where you find yourself at this place where there's nowhere else to go. And I thought to myself, I realized through our conversation last night, another way to say that is that the karmic weight gets too heavy to bear. Mm. You can no longer bear the karmic weight. Because that's what karma is, right? Karma is the energy that gets built up through the actions. And then that has that becomes an entity in itself. The karma. Mm-hmm. So you spend your whole life not doing the thing you want. Mm-hmm. Spend your whole life doing the thing you think is going to be successful. Keep failing at that too. Or maybe you're really successful at it. But it's not filling you the same way that just doing the thing that you're supposed to do. That you love to do. Guys, I tell you, it's really simple. Confucius, I saw this quote. Confucius said it perfectly. Life is so simple. And man makes it really complex. Mm. 
Because, dude, all the things that you feel, your feeling tones about the world, about your life, the shit that makes you feel good, do that. The shit that makes you feel shitty, do less of that. Literally, it's that simple. And isn't it so, isn't it so funny that somebody could, isn't it so funny how you really know what makes you feel good? Like, I want to, I want to say there like, oh, well, what if drugs make you feel good? But you kind of know that that doesn't make you like, I'm not saying drugs and ayahuasca. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's some intuitive thing where, you know, yeah. Yeah. I saw this. I listened to Ram yesterday. He was talking about he went to go visit this fancy Jewish hotel. He said he had no idea why he was there. (laughs) But then he remembered like his dad used to do fundraising there. So he's like he goes and like to like give this talk in like upstate New York. Uh It's like all these rich Jewish friends. And, you know, they're talking about like, okay, so we're going to like it's like kind of like a retreat for Uh like these people. At this hotel, not like to see Ramdas, but they were like, "Oh, let's get this guy Ramdas to come talk." Yeah, and the and the coordinator is like showing Ramdas around, and he's like, "Okay, so we're gonna um, you know, serve the brisket at lunch, and you know, everybody will eat the brisket, so they'll kind of be tired, so then you can come in and talk, and the you know after they finish lunch, and then they'll all want to go play golf." And Ramdas is like, "Okay," <laughs> so he goes and he sits down, and he's like. He's got all these people in front of him. The men are in bathing suits, smoking big cigars. The women are in these like fancy bathing suits of the time, hair, hair like to the to the nines done up. And Ramdas says, like, Wow, you've just got everything. <laughs> and everybody kind of like laughs. They're like, Yeah, yeah, we do, right? It's amazing. He's like, he pauses and they're just sitting there in that moment. He's like and is it enough? <laughs> is it enough, though? I love that. Dude. And everybody kind of like stops and like looks at him. <laughs> and then he says, like, nobody wanted to go play golf. They just kind of wanted to hear what he said. And like by the end of it, he was like walking to his car and they were kind of like following him. It was just such a funny. Uh, That's genius. Why did dude. I bring that up? I don't remember. Um. The simplicity of life. Well, what were you saying about... So you went home, and what was your realization? The thing that we've been talking about, hitting rock bottom. The I guess the more articulate way to describe that is that the karmic weight gets too heavy to bear. Oh, right, right, right. Because the karma is the energy that gets accrued in your being. Mm -hmm. Through the actions you take, it's it's the effect you experience because of the causes you have created. So then you spend your whole life not doing the things you want to do. And all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you've got this fucking weight on you, dude. Because you're so unhappy. You've spent so much time not doing the thing you want to do. And you've got this energetic weight on your fucking back. And it's like a 2,000 pound fucking duffel bag that you're now carrying around with you everywhere you go. Because you're full of resentment, shame, guilt, sadness, grief. For all the time you've spent denying yourself. And that's the karmic weight. So then the karma becomes you have to unravel that. You have to disperse that. You have to dissolve that. How do you do that? Well, one step at a time, one moment at a time, one breath at a time. You just start listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll make a cup of coffee. <laughs> You know, well, that kind of come that come not doesn't kind of that comes back to what we were saying yesterday about cultivating, empowering yourself Uh and doing the thing that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. On micro and macro levels. Yep. Yep. 
Um, yeah. We've really done a hell of a job, man. The mitote. That's a... I think mitote is a is a Mayan or Aztec word for the marketplace. Mm. And they, in their culture, this is from uh, Don Miguel Ruiz in The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. Super powerful. I highly recommend that. Um, and he talks about the mitote. And um, the mind is the mitote. And it's the marketplace. It's crazy. You know, you talk about the market. The Hindus talk about the market. All the fucking ancient dude, they're all the same. Yeah. They all, if you really want to get down to it and you want to, if, if we, we, we could play the game of ignorance for as long as we want, but really at the end of the day, it all came from Atlantis or whatever that original civilization was that was destroyed in the great flood. And then Thoth, whoever the Atlantean priesthood dispersed their members and took this ancient knowledge, this ancient esoteric knowledge to all the corners of the globe and established all of these things that we see throughout all the ancient cultures. But we have done a fucking unbelievable job in the West of manifesting the mitote into such a extent that we're like, we don't even... Oh my God, dude. We're so trapped in the illusion of like, it's going to be over there. When I get that car, man, then I'm going to be good. We think the, the enlightenment or the transcension of the, the shitty feelings comes through the consuming of stuff, through the getting of more stuff. <laughs> and it's completely counter to the actual, the true definition of enlightenment, to let go. God. Yeah. That's a trip. It's bizarre. It's a trip, man. It's very bizarre. It's bizarre. <sighs> but creation is a great spiritual practice, you know? Big time. Creation is just... Um, That's the ultimate God act, isn't it? I think it is. I think it, it's it's one of, certainly. You know, just creating whatever. You make wood objects. You you write something. You yeah. make music. Pod, just creating something is really empowering. It's really soul empowering. Totally. It makes you, That's why, you know, we're also in a total horrifying crisis of art we're in a horrifying crisis of lack of art because to me art means spirituality i might i might uh argue with you on that well well hear me out hear me out okay <laughs> i mean you could argue with that but no like, no yeah I... dude we're in a we're in a we're in a pandemic of alcoholism Drug abuse, obesity, a food fucking obsession, sex obsession. These are all things that mean a thirst for spirituality, spirituality to me. Yeah. When you're getting high on whatever you're getting high on, you're wanting to go to God or you're wanting to find your spiritual place, whatever you want to call it, whether you call it God or whatever you want to call it. And art to me, you know, why do you think it's so important that young kids learn art, learn how to draw? Why do you think it's such a tragedy that inner city children don't have art? You know, and then that turns into all sorts of stuff. And then sports is art. It's just expression. Art means expression, too. It's about being able to express yourself. And then the deeper we get into lack of vulnerability, because you think, oh, oh, look at him. He's so silly. He's drawing. Like, why are you drawing? You know what I mean? There's like a whole, there's a whole um, web of a problem in lack of art in our world, I believe. And lack of accessibility to being an artist, too. 
I think that's shifting. I think it's shifting. I think we're seeing a renaissance of art, of creativity. Well, I think it's shifting partially by virtue of social media, too. I think that's one of the virtues of social media because everybody can express themselves yes, now. Yes, and podcasting, these NFTs, this digital art realm that's emerging, I think that's really interesting and, and providing a lot of opportunities. I think that there's more opportunity and more more space to be more creative than you've ever been able to. Cause dude, I'm thinking about like, as I'm, as I'm writing this book, which is it's all written as I'm getting ready to publish it. I'm thinking about this thing as like, as a multimedia piece of content. So people who download the ebook, for instance, will have links to get videos, to do the things, to watch me take them through the practices that I wrote about. How cool is that? Yeah, it's awesome. Or, you know, little things to show them how to do the breath work that I discussed or the meditations, etc. Um, I think there's more opportunity than ever. First, dude, that thing you said, I mean, who the fuck is responsible for depriving inner city kids of art? You hear that all the time. Who the fuck is responsible? Why wouldn't you think inner city kids, you know, this goes back to our fucking conversation of ignorance and evil. Mm -hmm. Does evil exist? Because that seems so fucking simple and obvious to me. You've got a bunch of inner city kids from really tough backgrounds. Why wouldn't you give them art to just fucking do and play with and to expand their being? Yeah, I mean, not even just inner city. I mean, it's so vast. There's well, so many, arts, arts yeah. dying across all schools. For there's sure. so many arms of it. Like I agree with you that there's more opportunity than ever. I also. Have I also feel just energetically that, you know, not a lot of people allow themselves to express themselves no. as artists. And to me, that's a shame. So let me let me You're bring definitely up, right. Let me bring I up, agree with you. Yeah. See, this has always been fascinating to me when I meet an artist that didn't come from an from an artistic family. Hmm. I'm always pretty impressed by that. Pretty impressed and kind of in awe. Because we, we came from about as an artistic family as you could be. Grandfathers, writers, grandmothers won an Academy Award, mothers a writer, aunts, aunts an actor, uncles writers, etc. Dad's, Dad's a, painter. a painter. You know, I'm always pretty impressed by or just curious by people that grew up with lawyers that became a photo and then they became a photographer. They're the black sheep, you know? Yeah. It's interesting to me because we're looking at th this through a different prism of familiarity with what it means, like really being an artist, yeah. like, like almost like the pure grind of an artist witnessing that. And then also the pure pinnacle of an artist witnessing that. Yeah. So we've seen both sides in how we were raised. So, you know, me saying, why do people have such a hard time committing to being an artist? Well, if it's in, if it's in your DNA to not allow yourself to be an artist, mm -hmm. that's a pretty challenging chain to break. Yeah. You're right. But I think it also, even bigger, even bigger picture, more generally speaking, people have a really difficult time expressing themselves mm -hmm. and being themselves. Yeah. That's even, yeah, whether you're in an artistic family or not. Yeah. Uh, right? In yoga today, in yoga this morning, the teacher commented on this thing exactly because she was talking about how 
in these certain postures as you're mastering them and there's always like something else to get better at in these postures and in a few of them you actually when you're really working on them you should be falling out of them in particular ways like for instance standing bow you should be falling you could you could literally if you're doing the posture full effort as correctly as possible you could very well fall forward onto your face mm-hmm. because that's how your weight should be going yeah or like the on when you're uh, face down and you're doing the laying down bow pose same thing you want to actually roll forward mm-hmm. and there's other postures where if you're falling out of it a certain way like the uh half moon pose if you're falling, if you're tilting so far, that means that your weight is dispersed properly. Now, obviously, you want to get to the point where you can be stabilized with your weight in the in the correct position. But she said that a lot of people who think you get to a point where you're really good in the posture and then you don't want to take it to that next level because you feel like, oh, I don't want to look bad. Or I don't want to look like a beginner again. I don't want to be feel like a beginner again. And she was like, yeah, but the people who go there, who are willing to go there, who are willing to be vulnerable in their yoga practice and fall out of a posture because they're really going for it now, they're going to this next level of the posture that they've never been to, that opens everyone else up to feeling comfortable and to also, and she said this thing of, we are so in awe of people who are willing to be vulnerable and go the extra mile and just totally express themselves and be free in themselves, yet we really love to shame ourselves out of doing that. And it yeah. goes in, it goes as small a thing as like your fucking yoga practice, dude. You go into your yoga studio or wherever you are and you don't want to do the posture. You don't want to take the posture too far because you're worried that, oh, you might look like a beginner again. Right. So I thought that was pretty. Yeah. With those classes. Right on. You know, with those classes, it's so funny. They're such an equalizer. Oh yeah. Because you get in there and you're cocky and you it's it's funny. I I'll go to those classes and watch people sometimes in the in like the early poses and they're like showing off quite like you can kind of, I can kind of tell and they're doing the full expression of the posture. And then by about a quarter of the way through they're just like trash. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh it's so it's so funny. You can't really get away here. No, you can't. So, uh, I just go in there and I, I, my whole thing when I go in there is it's the formerly known as yoga, uh, Bikram 26 and two hot yoga. It's fucking blaringly hot. I was pouring sweat before the class even started. Yeah. Every posture. I just want to do it as fucking hard as perfect as I possibly can breathing the whole way through, never forgetting to breathe. And it's kind of, it's mind blowing, isn't it? How there's always a micro fraction of a centimeter that you can take this pose a little bit further, that you could stretch a little bit more, get a little more space in your spine. You know, it's fucking mind-blowing, dude. I mean, it's one of my favorite parts about yoga is that it's it's just this practice that it's never-ending. And that's life. Life is never-ending. We get into this, we get lulled into this thing where we think, oh, the end of the day, the end of a week, Oh, I've got that big meeting next week. And after that, then I'm going to be done. But those are all false endings. Mm -hmm. 
It just keeps going. Mm-hmm. It just keeps going. So you might as well just get good with the shit that's happening. With mm-hmm. the happening of it. With the ebbs and the flows. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. No, that's it, man. That's it. Um, did you have something from letting go you were going to read? Yeah, I just saw this. Um, he says, uh, this is David Hawkins. He says, um, letting go. This is actually what we were talking about yesterday. Letting go involves being aware of a feeling letting it come up, staying with it, and letting it run its course without wanting to make it different or do anything about it. Mm. It means simply to let the feeling be there and to focus on letting out the energy behind it. The first step is to allow yourself to have the feeling without resisting it, venting it, fearing it, condemning it, or moralizing about it. Mm. And then he has this other one. This one was This one was really great to me believe this is from letting go also um, surrender is a constant process of not resisting or clinging to the moment but instead continuously turning it over to God the attention is thus focused on the process of letting go and not on the content of the quote what that is being surrendered hmm you know, the things these guys do, they ease the pressure, Yeah, these men and women. They ease the pressure. Yeah. It's like, take it, just take it easy. Don't, you don't have to claw with your fingernails at whatever's going on. Yeah. Like they, it's, it's so much about honoring the transient nature of everything. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, well, we get really attached to the good things. Yeah. And we get really attached to there can't be any bad things. Well, and then we get attached to the bad things. Yeah. Yeah. Get attached attached to expectations. You get attached to hopes. You get attached to outcomes. You get attached to feelings. I always think to myself, when I'm having a day where I'm just fucking sky high, soaring, I'm literally surfing the energy of the universe. That's how I feel. I always think to myself, Eb, this too will pass. And then when I'm in the fucking dark, deep shit in the rut, it's good to go, Eb, this too shall pass. Mm. Yeah, what's the... um? What's the story about the three wise men and the king says something something bad has happened with the king and the king says to the wise men you guys got to take this away and the king is kind of a tyrant it's like you guys got to get rid of this bad thing like get if you you got I need you here in a day and if you don't have it I'm going to kill you too the wise men go they're talking they're like oh okay cool I think this should work so they come back the next day with this pillow and this ring on it. And the king goes, what, do you, what, do you, what is this? Is this a joke? Says, I don't need a ring. I've got all the jewelry in the world. And they say, no, no, no. Look at the inside of it. The king goes, okay. So he looks at the inside of it. And on, inscribed on the inside of it as this too shall pass. But what the king doesn't recognize is that the good shall pass too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of freaky, you know, because then you're like, well, then what is, I mean, what? Uh, 
Well, Ram Dass talks enjoy, about it all the do time. Do I even bother enjoying the good shit? I mean, what is, so you've just transcended, you've just transcended good and bad. Right? But there's that kind of like freaky clinging of like, fuck, this is going to be gone. We're having this great moment and this is going to be gone. And then somebody's going to die in a month and, you know, whenever. And then it's like, okay, then. But I guess there's a real relief in that, not clinging to anything. Well, it becomes really scary. Yeah. It can be really scary because then you find yourself in this state where you're like, there's no floor beneath your feet. Right. And I mean, I've been in that, I've been in that mode and it's, it can be terrifying because you go like, what do I hold on to? What is there to hold on to? There's nothing. I'm just in space. Yeah. I'm just compl- I'm just floating in space. There's nothing to hold on to. Yeah. I've gotten really stoned on cannabis before, and I, I find myself catapulted into that realm, and it's fucking terrifying. Well, then it seems like the only solace that comes up for me intuitively is being here. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so whatever it is, we're just here in this moment. All you really have is your breath. Honestly, that's all you really have. The clothes you're wearing right now, you probably didn't even have these clothes two years ago. And they'll be in shreds before your life is over, probably. You got your breath, man. Your breath is always there. And you're always here. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, well, that was excellent, dude. I got to jump on this call. Okay. I think that was a great run. Sweet. 48 mins. Namaste. The fire. We just got the stoke. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, lots of love to you as always. Hey, if you want to read some fucking incredible writing, Gus is a contemporary master, a young master. He's going to be the American Dostoevsky. I mean, he already is. He's just not everyone knows it yet. So check him out. Realitynow.substack.com. Also, love to have you join the Power Tribe on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash EDS Britain. All the good stuff. Lots of love to you guys. Have an excellent rest of your day. And we'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace.